maybe I should say rarely did. Because he did mention it twice, but he didn't preach on it. He didn't preach on it. In fact, he said, it's my church, and I'll build it. So the nice thing, pastors, is that God never called you to build a church. You should relax. Was there a pastor over here? Did you say there's a pastor over here with this group? On the very end there? Wow, you got a bunch of enthusiastic people around you, man. This is an incredible group here. You know what? God didn't require that you build a church. He said it was his church and he would build it. So it's not even your church. Isn't that nice to know? So you're not responsible to build it because it's not yours. So he said, it's my church. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. But he did say that he would give you the keys to the kingdom of God. He didn't give you the keys to the church. How many understand the church is the body of Christ? That's why Jesus never talked about the church because that's like talking about himself. He would have had to say, I'm the church, I'm the body. So he let Paul do that later. But Jesus preached all the time on the kingdom of God. So I had a man come to me one day, a pastor, and say, you know what, we've had a lot of people leave our church and go to your church. I said, well, that is amazing because I don't have a church and you don't have a church. So how could they leave my church and go to your church when I don't have one and you don't have one? How many understand it's nobody's church but Jesus' church? And there's only one of them in this city, and it's made up of everybody who's born again. Is that right? Whether you like them or not, whether you like them or not, if they're born again, they're part of the body of Christ. So the first sermon of John the Baptist is on the kingdom of God, Matthew 3.21. The first sermon of Jesus is on the kingdom of God. And the Bible says in chapter number 4, verse number 23 of Matthew, that he went through every town and village of Galilee, and he preached on the kingdom of God. He only had one sermon. Then Matthew chapter 9, verse number 35, he went through all of the villages of Israel, and that means Galilee, Samaria, and Judea, and had one message. He only preached one message, and it was on the kingdom of God. So in my early ministry, I spent one year, my first church in the middle of the state of Washington, northeast Washington, town of uh, 19,000 people, and uh, I spent one entire year trying to build a church, and the Lord said, what are you doing? I said, I'm building your church. He said, I didn't ask you to. I said, what am I doing? So we had grown the first year from 52 to 36. And I told the Lord, any more success like this is going to kill me. And the Lord says, if you will start building my kingdom, I'll take care of the church. He said, I want you to stop inviting people to church and invite them to me. He said, I want you to get out of the building, which is not the church anyway, Does everybody understand that the Bible never calls a building a church? Is that right? We are perpetuating the Roman context and and definition from Constantine on that called a basilica, which was an ancient idol temple, a church. So that now we invite people to church instead of being the church, inviting people to a building. So the church is not a building. So the Lord wants to get the church out of the church so they can be the church so that you can then build the kingdom of God. So we left our little building, left our little building and started preaching the gospel everywhere. Within two years, over 1,000 teenagers had been saved. And we went to the bars and the parks and we went to the drug dens and we went everywhere else just loving on people. We never told them that they were sinners because most sinners know they're sinners. 
So we never told them the obvious. We just told them about somebody that really, really, really loved them. And Jesus was irresistible. It's like eating an apple. If you try to force somebody to eat it, they will think it's wormy. But if you just eat it and salivate, they will want it. How many know that the world doesn't want to become a Christian because they know some? The reason why people in the city don't want Jesus is because they know some people that know him, and they don't want what you have. But if they saw somebody filled with love, if they saw somebody that loved them where they're at without them changing, if they, if they saw somebody that loved you without qualification or condemnation, they saw somebody they would want you because they really, really, really like love. So they're looking for somebody that loves them. So God has not called us. Now, let me give you a little bit of history of the church and what's happening currently in the church. We've been around for about 2,000 years. Jesus prayed that we would be one, and so what we've done is established thousands of more denominations. So everybody comes along with a new ministry and starts another one, and we split a split and split the split. So four churches, 4,000 churches per year are leaving, closing their doors, and only 1,000 start. In America, 4,000 close their doors every year and only 1,000 start, and most of those are from church splits. One church in San Francisco has split 43 times, 43 times. The church in America, by the year 2025, there will only be 15% of the people going to church. Now, why you think that the church might be growing is because you've heard of some mega churches. When in fact, a mega church is not growing the body of Christ because a mega church only changes people from another church to that church because only one church in America grows more by people getting saved than by attrition. So, for instance, the church that I attend in Dallas, we have gone uh, from a few, few dozen people uh, 11 years ago Easter, we have gone to 18,000 people in 11 years. No, that's not true. Actually, what we did is we emptied out all of the churches around us to fill in our pews. So there is no church growth. It's only attrition. It's only we change pews. So it looks like there's church growth in America, and only one church in America grows more by people getting saved, and that is a church in Honolulu, Hawaii, that has never had a building. Does that tell you what the problem is with the church? Because anywhere churches build on bigger buildings, that is the albatross that will keep us from reaching the world. So everywhere in the world they don't have buildings, the church grows hundreds of times faster than in America. So in America we have what we call elephant growth. Every three years you're going to get another one as opposed to rabbit growth that every three years you'll get tens of thousands of them. So the rest of the world, like the church in China, that grows from 150,000 in Mao Zedong to 100 million in the last three decades is because they have no buildings. So the church in America has what we call an entertainment style. Everybody comes into a building on Sunday to hear a good sermon, to look at the neck of the person sitting in front of you, to get your shot, your adrenaline, your bless me for the week without any kind of a responsibility through the rest of the week. So we have become a professional entertainment center 
that we have no idea as we rearrange the chairs on the Titanic that the American church will be history within a matter of decades. So we will look like England and we will look like Europe. You know what God is trying to tell you? If you would get the church out of the church, there's not a building in this area that can contain the people. But we spend all of our time getting ready for Sunday morning, the program and the sermon and the music, rather than taking Monday through Saturday, telling everybody around us about Jesus Christ. Did you know that Jesus only on a couple of occasions ever ministered inside a building? And only a few of his miracles ever occurred inside the building. Only a few. The man with the withered hand, the demonic spirit. Everything else took place out in the marketplace. So it was out during the daily activity where I'm shopping for my groceries and the Holy Spirit says, Kevin Weaver, a friend of ours, the guys that just went to my mega summit just in L.A. last weekend, met and heard Kevin, Kevin Weaver, young man who every single day sees the blind eyes open and the deaf ears opened and continually, continually experiences the supernatural. Walks into a target and is in a rush in there and he's got his little six, seven-year-old boy next to him getting ready to rush back out, buy a wedding gift. The wife and the other two kids are in the car and he goes in there and there's a little boy that is paralyzed from the waist down, has braces on from the waist down. Get ready to go. And his boy says to him, Daddy, you can't leave. you got to show that boy the love of God. Kevin says, we're in a rush to go to a wedding. Daddy, what would God do? So they went to, to the boy, and the boy began to proceed to the, to the restrooms, to the toilets, and they followed him in there with his dad. And the boy went into the stall, all the effort to the little, little eight-year-old boy to get all of his braces off so he could go to the bathroom and Kevin begins to talk to the dad and says, you know, this sounds strange, but, you know, we just believe that God does miraculous things. Is it possible we could pray for the boy? And the dad said, I would love it if you would. They walk out of the stall. The boy gets out of the stall, his braces back on, and Kevin ministers Jesus and healing to this boy. And the boy, eight-year-old boy, looks at him straight in the eyes, doesn't lose focus, and says, thank you. And the dad bursts into tears. Kevin thought, what was so special? The dad says, because he has never spoken one word in eight years. Get Jesus into the marketplace where people are hurting and crying and dying, but we have made our little bless me club so aloof that we never see sinners. We never, we never come around sinners. We never touch with sinners. We're in this little hot house of everybody that's blessed. We're just waiting to die and go to the sweet by and by instead of the nasty now and now where God says, wait a minute. You want to die? You haven't reached your neighborhood. You haven't reached your schools. You haven't reached your, your, your public place. You haven't reached your business. I started to go to Costa Rica and Guatemala to speak with Pastor Cho. Pastors, this little thriving church, maybe struggling, I don't know. 740,000 people in Seoul, Korea. And they invited me to teach on church growth. you know how intimidating that is? My church went from five to 740,000. You know, he's preaching. And I told my administrator, I said, when I go down to Guatemala and Costa Rica, 
I want you to move my office out of the church and move me to where they're all sinners because I never get to see the people that God has called me to. How many know that we're trying to have church so often you don't even have time to see sinners? Because of God calling us to the kingdom of God. So Jesus taught on the kingdom of God and said, I'm giving you the keys for the kingdom of God. Matthew 16, 19. I'm giving you the keys to see Satan's kingdom put under your feet and my kingdom to be established. So Jesus preached it everywhere. And part of the message of the kingdom was everywhere you go. Tell them the good news. Tell them the good news. I'm going to set the captives free. I'm going to set the oppressed free. I'm going to deliver those people that are around. Tell them that I'm going to heal them. Would you tell them that? Would you tell them that? Did you know that the kingdom of God for all of the people of this area is that God is going to set you free? God said, I want you to tell everybody that you you meet, I want to set them free. I want you to show them what love, love looks like in shoe leather. I want them to see what love looks like. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be long tonight, but I, catch, I want you to catch what I'm saying. It is not good enough to come on Sundays and hear a good sermon. God has called you to tell everybody that you see that Jesus in me is ready to heal whatever is binding you. That's the good news. That's the good news. That's the incredible news of Jesus Christ. So he preached it everywhere. Now, you happen to live in a community that is in the book of Revelation called Satan's Seat. You happen to live in a place that is one of the areas in America that is completely satanically controlled. Where Satan is alive and well. Guess what? In the darkness of this place, a light is really bright. I stood in the middle of Carlsbad Caverns, New Mexico, hundreds of feet down in Carlsbad Caverns, where it is so dark, you have never seen dark like dark. It's when you're in the bowels of the earth, hundreds of feet down. So dark. And a man pulled out one match. You no longer see all the darkness. All you see is light. Because it is never too dark. Light. Light dispels the darkness. So God says where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. You're living in a place where God wants to have a revival of the Holy Spirit. If he can find some people that will stop cursing the darkness and just light the match. So Jesus said, I'm the light of the world as long as I'm in the world. But when I leave the world, you're the light of the world. Matthew 5. So if you're the light of the world, that means everywhere I go, guess what? I'm taking over. I want to put Satan under my feet. So if you will read the Gospels with a kingdom mind, get that church. We need, to, we need to have some kind of a frontal lobotomy. We need to pull church out of your brain. The church is not where you go. It's not what you're building. You are building the kingdom of God, and the church will automatically grow. And the people will want to come and worship where you worship. So Matthew chapter 3, 4, 5, Matthew chapter 6 says, Pray daily for the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 7, 21, Matthew 8, 16, Matthew uh, 9, verse number 35, Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. 
God says, I want you to preach the gospel everywhere, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Matthew 11, 11, Matthew 12, 28, Matthew 13. Now, just in one chapter, Matthew 13, Jesus says the kingdom of God. Verse 11, verse 19, verse 20, uh, 24, verse number 31, 33, 34, 35, 37, 41, 45, and 48, and 47, and 52, just in one chapter alone. He didn't say anything about the kingdom in chapter 14, 15. He hits it again in chapter 16, in chapter 18. Then he keeps on going chapter 19, 20, 21, 22. He skips 23 when he's talking about the Pharisees. He hits it again, 24. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all of the world, not the gospel of come to church, not the gospel of bigger Sunday schools, not the gospel of come here in the Sundays, uh, a good sermon and hear some good worship. The gospel of come see a man who told me everything I ever did. And she won an entire city to Jesus Christ just by telling her testimony. I want you to know, brother, there's Holy Spirit fingerprints, oil and Holy Spirit nail-scarred fingerprints all over you. I'm talking about the guy right there with the tattoos. God's anointing is so strong on you that everywhere you go, the soul of the, uh, the, the place where you walk, Luke 10, 19, when you walk, it is going to emanate the Spirit of God. Amen. It literally is going to effuse, exit out of you. Because you're a walking, living Jesus person. Now, if you've got the God of the universe living inside you, it seems to me, Jerry, your wife, do you know how anointed your wife is? Goodness. What a carrier of the Holy Spirit. So God has said, I am going to release my power through you, and the same anointing Jesus had, you have. Is that correct? Am I telling you the truth? Well, what if I pray and it doesn't work? Well, I can tell you what, if you don't pray, it won't work. I went into a basketball game one night as my son, my son was playing playoffs or school. The only time their school ever got into basketball playoffs, small school in central Pennsylvania, went to his basketball game when he was a senior. And, and because it's, a, it's the final game before the playoffs, this gymnasium, it was never packed. I arrived. My kids, my grandkids arrived to see my son play basketball. And so all the bleachers are packed. So I see a place way up on the top, but I got a little grandbaby in my hands. So I began to excuse myself and make my way up. And I'm holding this baby with one arm on my left. In my left arm, I'm holding my little grandchild. And so I reach out to touch this man in this second row so I won't trip and drop the kid. And what I did, the power of God went through me, went through him, and healed his back that he had scheduled surgery for. Now, I don't know this guy. I'm from Adam. I don't know this guy. I am just trying to keep from dropping a grandkid. But the Holy Spirit inside me knows the pain that that man is in. So the Holy Spirit flowed through me, and this guy is instantly healed. He went home, told his wife, because his wife knew my wife, and said, Larry Titus reached out his hand and touched my shoulder, and he said, I'm healed. It's all gone. It's all gone. No more pain medication, no more nothing. Simply because the Holy Spirit in you. So don't be disturbed about whether or not things will work. Just let the Holy Spirit flow through you. Don't worry about what it's going to work. Don't worry about whether it's going to work. We're taking the kingdom of God. So as I was praying last night and in the middle of the night and again <clears throat> today for, the, for this unusual group of people 
these pastors that have chosen not to be competitive. Did you know the kingdom of God will never come to a church where the pastor's competitive? God says, are you as willing for the church down the road to be blessed as I am to bless you? Until you are, I cannot send you revival. So, you, you have the kingdoms of this world are controlled by the devil. Did you know that? 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. The power of the authority of the air, Ephesians 2.2. 2. The kingdoms of the world, Jesus said, Satan is the prince of the authorities of this world. He's the ruler of this world. Jesus said it. I didn't. John 12.31, John 14.30, and John 16.12. Jesus himself said, Satan is the ruler of this world. And that's alive and well in this city. Now, remember, you have, you have certain areas, pockets that are, that are literally satanic thrones, like the church of Pergamum in chapter number 2 of the book of Revelation, verses number 12 to 17. You have the church of Pergamum. God says, Jesus says, I know where Satan's seat is. Well, I know where it is right now. I know where it is in this city. There's one in Los Angeles, Hollywood, all of that area, Van Nuys, the pornographic capital of the world. I know where the seat is in New York City, where the satanic control over the, uh, of the money on Wall Street. I know the academic seat of Satan in Harvard University, where we train the leaders of the world to be agnostic and atheistic. And a school that started off training preachers now trains you how to be atheists and how to rebel against your nation. I know where Satan's seat is in certain localities in this nation. You happen to be living in a place that is satanic to the core, Sin City. And God says, guess what? I've called you here to stand up, let my light shine, get the church out of the church, start ministering the miraculous in the marketplace. God says, I want you to not do church as usual. I want you to seek my kingdom, and I want you to seek it first. That everything inside your brain is, Lord, your kingdom first. I want to seek my kingdom first. God says, I want you to do that. I want to seek my kingdom. If you will seek my kingdom first, God says, I'll seek your kingdom. Did you know he said, as soon as you seek my kingdom first, all of these other things that you're trying to get on your own, I'm going to add it to you, and you won't have to work for it. The guy in the turquoise, tremendous anointing on you. You're an amazing young man of Holy Spirit. People are going to be drawn to your light. You're going to be drawn to your light. Rob, something has happened to you. You can't contain it. And I can tell you what, there's something inside you that is a fire that will not be quenched. There is something inside you that cannot be quenched. What if all of the members of the body of Christ were to understand that Satan's kingdom is going to be put under the feet of the church and guess who the feet of the church are? Are you the members of the body of Christ? You're not the head. You're not the head of the church. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. You're the body. What part are the feet, the body or the head? The body. You are the body of Christ. You're going to be treading upon serpents and scorpions. Luke 10, verse number 19. And the disciples came back and said, Lord, we were casting out demons. And Jesus said, while you were casting out demons, I saw Satan falling like lightning. Isn't that amazing? They were just casting out demons. They only saw demons down here. Jesus saw Satan falling from heaven. I got a call 1 o'clock in the morning one Saturday night before our Sunday service. A lady said, can you come and pray for my husband? He's full of the devil. 
I don't want to pray for anybody at 1 o'clock in the morning. And I remember her husband, he drove his Harley and he terrorized everybody in our city. This man was not only about six foot, two or three inches tall, he was as absolute muscle packed as I have ever seen a human being. And he delighted in terrorizing the people of our city. They tried to arrest him because he had gone to a lot of the houses along by the river and punched his fists through the front doors of the houses. They tried to arrest him. The, the cops, he just threw them off. He just threw them over him. This was the man, the lady says, can you come pray for my husband? I wanted to say, no, I don't want to even see your husband. I don't want to even want to see your husband. She said he's full of the devil. I thought, that's for sure. I'll bear a confirmation to that. I went there, walked in the door, and his first words to me, because he was sitting down there. He didn't have a shirt on. He was sitting down there. I, was, I just walked in, sat next to the door. His first words were, I could kill you. I've never heard a warmer greeting. <laughs> and I said, stupidly, I said, no, you can't, because the God in me is bigger than the devil in you. I thought, Larry, of all the stupid things you could ever say, you have just said the most stupid things. So he said, no, I'm going to kill you. And I repeated it. I said, no, because uh, he said, well, I'm coming in you. And I said, no, you're not coming in me because I'm full of the Holy Spirit and there's no room for you. I said, come out in the name of Jesus. And he started to come out of his chair. And you see all of his muscles flex. And he pushed down and he fell back. And he pushed down and he fell back, pushed down and fell back. He said, what'd you do to me? He said, you paralyzed me. I said, no, the name of Jesus, come out of him. And I left. Sunday night, I'm preaching, and I see this guy running down the aisle to me. I thought, oh, dear God. <laughs> this either worked or I'm dead. And he came in and grabbed me and hugged me and said, I want to be saved. His name is Rick Harris, and he said, how did you do that? He said, I said, what? He said, how you turned that spotlight around and shone it on me. I said, what do you mean? He said, that spotlight at the front, you turned it and shone, me, uh, shone that light on me the whole service. I said, I didn't do that. That's the Holy Spirit. Nobody turned the spotlight. That's the Holy Spirit. He got the biggest Bible I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Strapped his wife and his kid in a massive family Bible. Started preaching the gospel. The incredible thing that God wants you to do, if you will say, Las Vegas, I'm just going to walk the streets and say in the name of Jesus, I claim the people here. Rob was telling me as a valet the thousands of cars that, he's, that he has parked at the casino that he works at, the thousands of cars, every one of them, he prays over that car. And he told me this prostitute that God saved and now has a ministry to the prostitutes. Somebody said, well, how do you know it was his prayers? Well, how do you know it wasn't his prayers? Because God knows how to answer prayers. What if we were to see that God wants to do things that you have never seen before? I, I pray for the craziest. I see people on TV, and I claim their soul. I see people walk by, and I claim their soul. Oh, how do you know, Larry? I don't know. I just think if I don't pray, it's not going to happen, so might as well pray. And how many know you might as well pray big because it doesn't cost any more money? So what if we were to pray that God would save Las Vegas? 
not through people holding up turn and burn signs. Not through people that are trying to build bigger programs and bigger churches, but people that want to build a bigger Jesus. I want to know you can't magnify Jesus, but you can in your own eyes and in the eyes of others because he's as big as it gets. But when I magnify him, it's in my eyes and in the eyes of people to magnify, magnify, praise. What if God wants to have things so unbelievable in this place? What if God wants to actually have the pastors love each other and support each other? At one point, we closed our church down and we joined the Methodists. God was moving over there, so we, we took the whole thing, gave them all our money, gave them all our congregation. I know, it's crazy. Because God wants to move in saving the city. And I, I think something's happening here prophetically, all through this crowd here. There's people that are just dangerous. Satan is chewing his fingernails just thinking about you. Satan is nervous thinking about the damage you can do. As we lift up the name of Jesus in the city, there's a prophetic anointing on the people that are here, and God's released you to put the enemy under your feet. Corinthians 12, 24, 28 and it says, and then will come the end when all of the kingdoms of the world have been put under the feet of Jesus. Well, we are the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus will say to the Father, Father, now I give you all the kingdoms of the world that you may be all and in all. How many knew, no, God does not want you to die until you have destroyed the works of the enemy and presented Jesus the kingdoms that he died for? Jesus, you have given me the keys. One last thing in closing. We moved to inner city, Youngstown, Ohio. <clears throat> Zach, uh, I don't know what you want to do now, but this is terminating my ministry tonight. So maybe, I don't know if you want to play or, you know, it's your call from this point on, okay? We moved to Youngstown, Ohio, the murder capital of, of uh, the state of Ohio. The city was controlled by the mafia, by the religious spirit of the churches. It was controlled by drugs, homicides, five times bigger than, than of cities our size. We had a huge homicide program. It was controlled by the unions, The first murders in America of people crossing the Union lines were in Youngstown. So I didn't tell anybody. I just took some guys with me. Every Tuesday morning, we would go into our little prayer closet and we'd sit down there. And we would say, Jesus, you've given me the keys to destroy the works of the devil and to establish your kingdom. So we bound the mafia in the name of Jesus. We bound homicides, and it came out on the paper. For some reason, homicides have fallen 40%, and the sheriff doesn't know why. And drugs have fallen. And what we didn't know is that when we began to pray, binding Satan, the spirit of the mafia, that the FBI came in and did a two-year sting 
By the time they finished, they had arrested our sheriff, our U.S. representative, our judges, our uh, former prosecutor, and every single mafia person in our city had been arrested. There was not one mafia left in our city, not one. God put a Christian spirit-filled mayor in place who began to write, revitalize the most depressed city in Ohio because a few guys just sat down there on the chair and said, in Jesus' name, we bind you, Satan. We bind you, Satan. We bind you, Satan. People started getting saved out of the woodwork. Satan was bound so that loosed the people. The blinders were taken off of their eyes because the Bible says Satan has blinded their eyes. So when you bind Satan, then the scales fall off, and they start getting saved. So we're going to pray tonight that God would save Henderson and God would save Las Vegas. And Well, how do you know he's going to do it? Oh, I don't know. I just know that if you pray, he's going to do something. And I know that he's going to use you to destroy the works of the enemy. And I know that he's going to use you to heal the sick. And I know you, God's going to use you to minister sovereignly, divinely, to release the oppressed from their oppression. And I believe that God is going to say, you know, the same spirit that was in my son is in you. Would you just please allow him to flow through you? Do you sense the Holy Spirit in this place right now? What would happen if we all unified that there's only one church, there's only one Lord, there's only one baptism, there's only one faith, there's only one God and Father over all, in all, through all. What if we were to unify and say, who cares who gets the credit? Just as long as Jesus is exalted, who cares? I just want to see hurting people healed. Do you? I just want to see hurting people saved. Thank you, Jesus. If you're interested in God using you, just put your hands out in front of you. If you're interested in God using you, if you're interested in God using you to touch and to deliver and to save and to minister, if you're interested in God using you, Jesus, I pray for every hand that is raised. I pray that nail-scarred hands would touch these hands. Wherever you went, Jesus, you healed the sick. You set the oppressed free. Jesus, I pray that you would use these hands to see people delivered, to see people set free. Wherever they walk, wherever they go, the people will be set free. In the name of Jesus, every person. Honey, you are such a gift to God. Where you work. Where you work, you're such a gift to God. Thank you, Jesus. He just flows through you in the most natural way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What if God wants to put nail-scarred hands inside your hands and the words of the Almighty inside your mouth? What if God wants to say, I want to release the river of my Holy Spirit through you? What if God says, I want to turn your tongues into tongues of fire? Not that anybody gets the credit, but that Jesus Christ is honored. That nobody gets the credit, but God moves in this city. 
And this city becomes a beacon of light for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I pray one more thing. God, just immerse us in a baptism of love. Just pray it. Just immerse me in a baptism of love. That people feel the love. That people feel the love. That nobody feels hatred or contempt. God, I want them to feel the love coming out of me. You just pray that out loud so that it becomes a point of confession for you. I want people to feel the love of God in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Say yes, Lord, I receive, I receive. Wow, wow. Your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done. Wow. Wow. I want us to do this real quick. I want us to ask the Holy Spirit. We're going we're gonna to do a couple things, but first, before we continue to pray, I felt two things in my heart. And uh, many months ago, I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to give you a new key of authority for your city. But there's some things that have to happen. There has to be some repentance to the Father's. And some repentance between pastors. And I want to pray that as pastors we can come together. And as younger pastors we can honor our spiritual fathers. Those that have gone before us. Those that, those that are the Moseses to us. Holding the rod that we can't fight like Joshua without Moses. We need our father's blessing. Amen. But I want us to prepare to honor the man of God and sow seed into the ministry of Kingdom Global. The effect is worldwide. He invests in men. I had the honor of, in February, of coming to Dallas for three days, and he poured into 24 pastors from all over the world for three days. When he called me, I thought he was calling me to come do worship, and I'm like, I'll do worship. What? And he said, no, you're one of the 24. And I began to just weep. And I said, what an honor. What an honor. I'm so honored that that you consider me one of your spiritual sons. For all the years, I felt like an orphan. And I'm just so honored. I'm so honored. And I want us to ask the Holy Spirit. I said it yesterday. Don't ask a poverty spirit what you're supposed to give. Ask the Holy Spirit what you're supposed to sow. Amen. Can we do that tonight? If you need an offering envelope, raise your hand. We're going to just do, I want to do this now. Can we do it? Let's, let's pass the buckets down and, and do it like that. Don't do it up here. Amen. Just pass it down. If you need an offering envelope, just make your checks to the Encounter Community Church and we're going to collect an offering to go towards the cost of the conference and bless the man of God. Amen. Let's do that now. Now I want to pray. I want to ask first, let's do this first, pastors and leaders. If you are a pastor or a leader, youth pastor, I want to ask you, after you've given to the Lord, I just want you to stand after you've given. Let's pray as the ushers come forward. Father, I thank you for what you're doing right now. Your kingdom, there's a revelation of heaven coming to us as your people, your body, what you're saying, what you're doing, there's a spirit of reformation. Your kingdom, Lord, 
And so we thank you for the opportunity to sow seed into your kingdom right now. And we give as unto you and we honor the man of God, Larry Titus and Kingdom Global Ministries. In Jesus' name, amen. Give as unto the Lord. Now, after you've given, if you are a pastor or leader, I want you to stand. Even if you're part of this church too, um, if you're leaders, just stand, please. And I want you to just stay in an attitude of prayer. Can we do that? Is that all right? You got, are we okay? All right. Some of y'all looking at me kind of strange, so I just want to make sure you're still okay. I believe God is going to give us a new key of authority for our city as we align generationally and align our hearts to one another. I want to ask you this, pastors, senior pastors, when are we getting together and praying? When are we going to do it? Are you ready? Come on, at least once a month. I'm down. I don't care where it is. It could be right here on Water Street. Let's get together and start praying. Let's not get together and talk about our latest sermon series. Let's get together and pray. Let's just cry out to God. Let's repent for the walls that we put up. Let's just cry out and say, God, we need you. We want you. I'm telling you something. There is something significant in the Spirit. Everything that, that Larry preached. I'm, months ago, God spoke to me about these things, turning the hearts. But it was about a key of authority. We've been doing a series on the kingdom of God the last six weeks. It's probably going to be another 18 weeks. Who knows? Because it's a subject we know nothing about and we need to know about. Amen. <laughs> so pastors, I honor you. The fathers, I honor you. And I'm learning to be a son. And I just want to thank my spiritual father for being here. And I'm learning to be a son. I repent of ever having a maverick spirit because I need a father's blessing. I need to learn. I need to grow. I need to receive. And so all the other pastors that are here, I want us to just take a moment and let's just, before God, say, you know what? The walls are coming down now. The walls between race are coming down. The walls between churches are coming down. We're turning our hearts. You know, when Jesus is Lord, when his kingdom comes, kingdom is family. Not church, but family. We're family. Say that. Say, we're family. I honor you, pastors. I bless every ministry. I thank you for the advancement of your kingdom, God, because we don't have an agenda except we just want you to have your way in the earth. We're laying aside our agenda, our empire, our stuff. We want you, God. We repent before one another for harboring and having prejudice against one another. Amen. Pastors, when we get together and praying, I'm serious, man. We've got to do it. Who's with me? Raise your hand if you're a leader. Pat, let's get together and just pray. Let's do it at different churches, different lo- outside. Let's listen to what Holy Spirit's saying. I'm telling you, this is a, a mark of a move of God, and it's going to come when we align with our fathers and just love one another. Amen. Amen. Can we all just stretch our hands forward to these pastors right now? Just stretch your hands forward to all these that are standing. Lift your hands, pastors. Lord, I pray right now, fresh fire from heaven, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Breathe upon them. 
break our hearts for the lost. Break our hearts. We get off the throne, God. The throne of pride. Self-promotion. Self-agenda. And we say, Jesus, your Lord, have your way. As we do that, Lord, you're just, you're renewing your bride because we're one. I'm going to tell you, Psalm 133 says that when the brethren are together, when they're dwelling together in unity, the anointing overflows. Sometimes we wonder why. Why isn't the anointing flowing like it it should or we want it to? Because we've got to be one. Amen. We're one family. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you so much for this evening. I am so honored, so honored just to be in the room. I don't have to have a mic. I don't have to say anything. I'm so glad to just be in your presence. And I thank you. Daddy, I thank you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Let's all rise together and just bless the Lord. Come on. Amen. Just stand up and thank him right now. Oh, we worship you. Oh, we bless you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's say that together. One voice. One church. One bride. One body. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. On earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your I want to invite the pastors, please. Will you come up? Will you come up? All the senior pastors, leaders, youth pastors, let's just get together as a prophetic act to unify. Come on, let's grab one another's hands. Let's unify. Come on, let's learn to honor one another in the Lord. Let's learn to prefer one another. Come on, let's get close. Get close. Jesus. Hallelujah. bride receive this new level of authority in your ministry right now we receive it God
We're family. We're family. Oh, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in We bind the spirit of division right now in Jesus' name. We break the power of it now in Jesus' name. Unified bride. One church, one church, one voice.
Yes, Lord. Senior pastors, senior pastors, please, I want you to come up here. I want to ask you to pray and seal what God is saying. Bubble up, bubble over, bubble back down. Everyone take a turn. Come on, Pastor Dodgel, please. Pastor Jerry, Tony, Sarah, please come. Chris, any other senior pastors here, come. I want us to just pray. Let's just stay in an attitude of prayer and crying out to God. I want your voice to be heard in the spirit in this moment. The manifold wisdom of God. The church will declare to the principalities and powers. Satan, we come against you. We bind you in every principal in this church, every principal in this city. We call your plans dead right now in Jesus' name. You have no more authority. You have no more reign. You have no more power. You have no more authority over the people of God who are one now. We are one. We are one with power. We are one with God. We are one with ourselves. There is no ego here. There is no self here. There's just the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And we shall overtake the enemy. This place will be no longer called Sin City, but a place of a light. We are a light in the middle of the west that will spread from the north to the south, to the east, to the west. This place from this point on will be called the place where God reigns. The place where God's will is done. And we speak glory. We speak honor. We speak power. And we speak authority right now. Right now. Right now. We have now faith. So it comes right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. for a new dimension in you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the change in the atmosphere of a new dimension, Lord God, a new level, Lord God. We stand in the authority vested in us by Jesus Christ. We take the authority, Father God, and we walk in it, Father God. We choose to walk in unity. We choose not to be offended. We choose to walk in love. We choose to stand in the things that we know that we're supposed to stand in. Lord God, we choose to be unified. So we just what he has declared in the spirit today we can't see the unity we can't see the walls breaking down we can't see the deliverance that's going to happen in our region in this area so we thank you father for the new dimension that we have in you in jesus name we pray amen pastor chris please Father, I just release a blessing upon this group right here, right now. I ask for fresh fire from heaven to fall upon them. I ask that the very lips of everybody here, the tongues would be would prophesy in your name. I declare this to be true. I declare that the word of God would come forth and all addiction has no authority under the, under the tongues and under the words of the people here. I declare that I release that over them right now in the name of Jesus, that the deaf will hear, the dumb will speak, and the 
blind will see again and they will see your shining face lord right now there's a body of people here lord god and right now we're just asking that unity that all division all walls would be fall down right now in the name of jesus christ it has no more authority here i ask that all wounds that were hurt from people in the past would be gone in the name of jesus christ it has no more authority in god's children it has no more authority in god's temple it has no more authority where the holy spirit dwells and i declare all things new i bless the people here all things new all things new all things new all things new satan will not have a stronghold in your life anymore all things new in the name of jesus christ we declare all things are new about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry God I thank you for that right now Lord and right now God I see Satan's hold on this young generation getting looser and looser and looser God father we claim the younger generation back we claim them in the name of Jesus right now God I see sons I see daughters honoring their fathers honoring their mothers in a new way that they've never known how God father we see that right now God and we lay claim over that God Satan's stronghold is beneath the feet of Jesus right now God and we thank you for that God. thank you God stay with it come on just keep praying lift your hands pray in the spirit pray in the spirit God's about ready to unleash fire on the younger generation I want Pastor Mike Lighty from ICLV to begin to just pray that prophesy that 
over the younger generation right now. Come on. If you're 30 and under, I want you to come to the front. Come to the front. I just felt like the Lord was going to just do something on the 30 and under. The 30 and unders. I just felt like the Spirit of God was just about to pour out fire. I saw fires breaking out in this region. Young people gathering together, just spontaneous prayer meetings. Come on, come on. Miracles and signs and wonders happen. Come on, just lift your hands if you're a... If you're not a 30 and under, why don't you stretch out your hand as a father or a mother? If you're a father or mother, stretch out your hand over these young ones. And pray that the Spirit of God will begin to pour out. I just see fire burning. The Spirit of Spirit of God is beginning to burn. Father, release your fire now. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Come on, on this generation, God's pouring out His Spirit. Let the fire begin to burn. Literally, some of you can feel the Spirit. Of, you can feel the, the fire of God in your hands. Lift your hands right now and say, I receive. I receive. Fire. Fire on your people. Come on, lift your voice. Fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Shiamaya. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Let him burn. Be full of the Spirit of God. Shiamabataya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naomi, fire on you now. Take it. Bam. More. There it is. Bam, look at that. Bam, more. Be full of him. Fire on you. of fire it says that the tongues of fire sat upon each of them you see we got to get away from the place of gathering around a little fire to having our own fire and burn all the time not just on Sunday morning it says tongues of fire sat upon each one of them in Acts chapter 2 so we receive it if you want your own fire just come on one last time say God I receive fire I receive fire fire on this younger generation revolution burn for him burn for him let's seal it with that chorus come on yes Lord I want to burn for you I want to burn for you come on I want to burn for you I want to burn 
just stay where you are in attitude of prayer. Pastor Shane, I want you to come up. One of our assisting ministers and pastors and prophetic voice of this house. As the prophetic voice, I saw you coming up and sealing something. And then you came up and told me you felt like coming up and sealing something. So just uh, do it. If I could get all of the leaders that are up here, right here, all of these pastors in a single row facing me. Pastor, come on, Pastor Zach, Michelle, all of you guys, all of you. You're in on this. You're in on this, okay? You're good. I just want you to know, just because you're stuck behind the guitar, you're in. When we began to worship this evening, I began to see a darkness over the city. And, and as the evening unfolded and the message was presented, I began to see, and it took bigger shape, that I saw a jagged tear and a rip began to be in the, in the darkness that's been over the city. And I've been wondering why all day that Psalm 133 has been rolling through my head, rolling through my heart. I've been reading it and reading it all day. And I began to see, and the word of the Lord, I believe, settled in my heart, and it's this. And leaders, this is a charge. I want you to listen to this. It will be like an exhale from my throne, says God. That on the wings of unity, I will birth a new creative spirit in this city. And the new creative spirit is going to birth things that you've never even yet dreamed of. In fact, it's going to be new ways, new themes, and the creativity is not just for the church. It's for everyone in this city, and it's actually going to breathe a breath of hope into those who have been otherwise lost and said, there is no other way for me but this way. And this voice of hope is going to come because we're going to be the church in the city. So begin to open your hearts and your spirits on a level that you've yet begun to do and receive the creative breath as it begins to permeate the tear that has already begun over this city and the lights beginning to penetrate and there are those people on the strip and there are those people oh there are those people in the bars in the strip clubs that are going to literally begin to see the hope of Christ as they sit in sin because the tear in the atmosphere is breathing creativity and hope and we are going to be the ones that are there as they emerge with a hand with an arm to say I love you so let me encourage you leaders the word dwell in the scripture in Psalms 133 the original Hebrew means to habitate and to marry if we are going to dwell together it's not just in meetings like this it's not just once in a while because if you saw your bride once in a while you would not have a relationship so marry marry one another we are the church Father God, I commit this day and this hour and this moment as a line in the sand that we will no longer...
longer be called here and there and here and there, but we will be seen and called as one, Lord God. It will not be the church over there and the church over there, but it will be the church. Lord God, we commit to you, Father. Seal this moment. Daddy, let us forever be on our knees at your feet. As you say, we will do. We honor you and we bless for you are worth it all. You are worth it all. We bless you and we praise you and we seal this moment with a heart cry of Daddy. Yes! Yes! Daddy, yes! Come on. I want you to just lift your voice and give God a shout, a victorious shout. Hallelujah! Jesus! We're taking Las Vegas. We're taking Henderson. We're possessing the land for Jesus. Say this with me. Say, Jesus is Lord over this city. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you glad you came tonight? The next time we do this, we want more churches involved. Amen. Come on. Let's just have a city church meeting and just cry out to God. Come on. I would like to do something tonight for the youth. It doesn't relate to the books, but to the CDs for the youth. I would like to all of you take a CD just free because I want to invest in you. So just go back there and take a CD free just because I love you and you're awesome. You are the hope for our nation. You're the hope for the city. You are the hope. God's anointing is on you. And uh, let adults, if you would let the youth get the CDs first, and if there's any left over, I'll give them to you. But I want all the CDs to be given to the youth tonight. Okay? Wow, come on. Thank you, Jesus. We want to dismiss you, and we want to ask you to just carry this unity, this spirit of unity and love, and, and just love some people before you go. Those of you that are here, if you want to just hang out and worship and pray and cry out to God, take your time. Amen. Thank you for coming. We honor you, bless you, love you. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Larry Titus, so much for being here. Can't wait to have you back. Amen. Come on, give God one last shout of praise. We, you are dismissed. Bless you.